It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome in to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports, and that guy, no, that, that, that guy, Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. Welcome in. It is a big show. We've got to talk a lot of Preds hockey. There has been a lot that's gone on this week. Four games, including one that just finished about an hour ago, hour and a half ago. And wow, lots, lots to talk about. So we have to talk about where the Predators are in the wild card spot, where they are in the playoff race. Some things have gone well. Some things have not gone well. There was a really crazy incident with Evgeny Malkin today that we are going to talk about. Um, and Roman Yossi did some things. He also not he, did, he didn't do some things recently. Maybe mention that. Woo! Crazy week of hockey. What's up, Sean? I'm telling you, I uh, it was a crazy week of hockey. It's been a, it's been kind of a crazy week in general. But then you add on four hockey games. I mean. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, what more could you really ask for? But then at the same time, I guess I could have asked for a few more points. Yeah, I mean, we we, uh, we always kind of preview the week before. Uh, you know, I think on the last show we had talked about the four points. And I, I don't, I think we were at like, I think we were pretty close in terms of where the points were. I think if we said if they got six out of eight, they would have been like really sitting pretty. Yeah. Five out of eight, they would have been close. And then four out of eight would have been like, that's a bad week. And they got mm-hmm. five. So yeah, they got five, five out of eight, right on the line of kind of not great, but not terrible. So yeah. And including, you know, some of these, I mean, one of the wins, one of the two wins was really a a very dominant win. So we'll talk about that one first. Um, So we're going to talk about that again. We're going to look ahead at the, the schedule upcoming and see what the last 10 games are like. We have 10 games left until the playoffs. Um, so the, the month of April is chock full of hockey. There's a lot of massive games in there too. So, um, let's go ahead and get it going. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to talk about relax the back. I have got to tell you about this because I, I, I have been, um, on a, on a kick recently where my back has been hurting. It has been feeling better recently. And I have in, I'm in the process of getting a new pillow, from relax the back because a, a relax the back has all kinds of stuff. They have stuff for sleep, work, and then just every day in your life. Uh, and uh, one of the things I'm going to look at is getting a new pillow from them because they have Technogel pillows. Which, if you don't know what Technogel is, if you've heard of the old um, what's it called, memory foam. If you've heard of memory foam. Technogel is way better than memory foam, and they've got it at relax the back. So if you want to work better, live better. Sleep better and feel better every day. You've got to check out Relax the Back. Um, all kinds of uh, customized comfort for when you sleep, work, or just relax at home. You've got to go check out the store. They have a sleep agent on hand every day to help you figure it out. Sean has talked to those sleep agents. I think you talked to Glenn, right? I did. I did talk to Glenn. Yeah. I'll tell you, and honestly, it, you, you talk about this pillow, right? You know, I don't know which one you're getting, but I really want to go back and pick up. They have a Technogel pillow that Glenn helped design that's designed for CPAP wearers. And I, of course, 
get that pleasure. So I'd really be interested to see how that affects my ability to get a good night's sleep. Just I didn't know it was there. designed. I didn't know it was designed for that. He, cool. he has one that he designed. There's several different designs, but the one yeah. that he helped design is for CPAP wearers. So go to 2020 Glen Echo Road in Green Hills. Learn about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, and healthy mind. Okay, we've got to talk about a lot of Preds hockey. Let's start last Tuesday. The Preds started last Tuesday against Minnesota, ready to rearrange some faces. Because they come out against the Minnesota Wild and have three fights in the first period, including two in the first minute. I'm sorry, two in the first three minutes by uh, Michael McCarron and Mark Borowiecki. Borowiecki just got back from from being injured, and then he's ready to go again. Uh, It definitely set the tone because uh, the Preds got several power plays in the game, three power play goals uh, in the first, Yossi Johansson twice. Roman Yossi had two points in the first, and he got his third point on a Tomasino goal that he set him up for like a wide-open shot in the high slot area on a backhand pass, really nice play. Uh, Ryan Johansson finished the hat trick with an empty netter. He almost missed. I feel like he kind of went top shelf on the empty net. Um, the Preds like dominated this game. And this was a really impressive start to the week because six two the final over Minnesota. And I don't even really think it was that close. I mean, they, they were just the better team. Yeah. I, I think I felt like that game could have been a lot more lopsided. There was a point. I remember we were sitting there and I was, uh, I was saying, you know, look, this game is, it is uh, four to one right now. If this goes five one, I think this turns into a line brawl. But yeah. uh, Minnesota ended up did they did manage to score one, and I think that took some of the edge off. But um, I could have seen the Preds blowing that game wide open. I'm talking like seven, eight, nine, ten goals. It was ridiculous, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, Yossi finished with like three points in that game, or that wasn't a four pointer, was it? Was that a four? I think it was four three. Pointer? Yeah. So Yossi had three points. And the reason that we keep talking about Yossi and the reason that we have all eyes on Yossi is because he is, as many people know, on pace to do something and no defenseman's done since forever. Uh, and that will be a 100-point season. So um, the last to do it was Brian Leach, I think, in 91 or 92 or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, he has we'll, – well, we'll update his pace here in a little while later in the show. But he got three points in that game, and it was like, wow, he's just – he's going to do this. Um. So uh, the the Predators then go to Ottawa. Yeah, in, in Ottawa, right? Yeah. I'm just blanking. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, in Ottawa. So after that big win, there was kind of this sneaking suspicion, at least from me, maybe from other people, that the Preds would have a patented letdown game in Ottawa on Thursday. And while it did end up in their favor, they did get a win, that is kind of how it played out because the Senators really kind of tilted the ice. Like, they had many, many breakaway chances. UC Soros was huge for the Predators in that game. Um, and uh, there was a, a really, really nice play, I remember, by Brand, Eric Brandstrom to uh, Matthew Joseph. They almost looked offsides. I really couldn't tell. Like, I had to slow it down and look, and it was it was just right there. Um, but the Senators were, like, on it. And um, – yeah. The Josh Norris put the Senators up, and that's when you thought, oh, wow, here we go. The Predators are going to lose this game after dominating the Minnesota Wild. But then Roman Yossi puts the team on his back, hammers home a slap shot that Tanner Janot tips into the net. Then Ryan Johansson's 21st goal puts the Preds up 3-2, to two, and that was it. Nashville gets a two crucial points on the road in Ottawa. And I, I, should, I buried the lead. And... Roman Yossi breaks the single season scoring record. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> that was uh, 
I think what was really exciting about that game was, I mean, you have number one, you you do have that really cool record breaking moment. Of course, it has to happen on the road, but uh, the reality here is this was also Mark Borvietsky's. We're going to use his name a lot today. I feel like yeah, um, this was his first time playing in Ottawa since he'd been traded. And you think about. Um, yeah. how long that's been it's kind of like really it's been this long but this was a rescheduled game they were supposed to go there and play earlier in the season it got canceled or postponed due to COVID and uh, I remember Borvieski was talking about after that game had been postponed that he was let down because his mm. mother was going to make him lasagna um, so I think maybe he got that lasagna which I'm really excited about anytime you know you think about getting to experience your mother's cooking after it's been a while it's uh is this it's Jeremy nice lasagna thing. Jeremy lasagna? No, no, that's not. It was actually lasagna. Real pasta and meat, some kind of cheese, maybe a sauce in there. Uh, Real lasagna, not Jeremy lasagna, you know? So, um, you know, I don't know. That was, oh boy, goodness. (laughs) Now we're going to start combining players again. And (laughs) next thing you know, we've got Michael Alexander McCarrier and yeah, there you Nobody go. Nobody likes that. <laughs> Dante Fabboro. <laughs> no, but it was a great moment. I mean, the Borbieski returning to Ottawa and then also Roman Yossi breaking the scoring record. I mean, yeah, on the ice results aside, like, I mean, they got the win. It was an ugly win, but two great moments. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, you say it was an ugly win. I mean, let's, be, let's be honest. Like, once you start looking at the uh, numbers in the win and loss column, you don't know the difference anymore, right? You can't look at you know that one was kind of ugly. It's a it's two points. It's a win. Doesn't matter. Uh, got yeah. the job done, right? That's that's what mm-hmm. you got to do is get the job done. Job got done. May not have been pretty, but it's finished. Yeah, everybody's happy. Well, yeah, no doubt. Everybody's happy, <laughs> right? Um, so they get the two points now. At this point, two games into the week, two, four out of four on points. But then Saturday they host. The Florida Panthers. Sean, tell us what happened on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, it's that point in the week where, you know, you've, you know, you've got four games. Uh, you're the team. You've won. You've won two of them. you got four points. You start thinking we're going to make a bet with a coach. Like, if hey, if we come away with uh, all eight points this week, you get to wear like a weird suit or something on the bench, you know. Um, I don't know if they made that bet. We probably won't find out because I'm pretty sure after I tell you what happened in this game, You'll see why it didn't happen. But the Predators uh, went down early um, after mm-hmm. Carter Verhage found the back of the net while waiting for a delayed penalty, so we didn't have to worry about the penalty kill. Um, however, it didn't take long before the Predators even things up as Philip Forsberg fired a laser pass from behind the net to Ryan Johansson, who was waiting in the slot. Uh, the period had a few Preds penalty kills with solid work from... UC Soros and Jeremy Lazan. We're going to use his name a few times. And then things heated up as Luke Cunnan fought Radko Gudis and got an instigator penalty. How fun is that, right? Um, of course, this was in defense of uh, Nick Cousins, who had taken a hit from uh, Gudis. I'm not, I'm not sure that anybody was really mm-hmm. thinking that it was. Some people were saying, oh, it looked like it was knee on knee, but I don't really think it was. It was yeah. one of those things. Like, we need some energy stand up for my family, get it cousins. And, uh, uh, (laughs) but it ended up with a really long time in the box for Luke Cunning because of all of the extras that got added onto it. Um, teams were tied with six shots apiece at the end of the first. And I was really surprised by that because it seemed like, uh, 
you know, uh, you got you got one team who's been blowing things up. The Predators have been scoring at will over the past few weeks, and the Panthers are just a scoring machine. And then six shots apiece at the end of the first seemed crazy. In the second, uh, Anton Lundell put the Panthers back in the lead with a shot that hit the inside of the crossbar and slid to the right post into the goal. There's also an ugly boarding incident involving Patrick Hornfist and Matt Duchesne. Duchesne carried on, but no one was very happy with Horny, if you know what I mean. And the game stayed 2-1 to one until pretty much the end of the game. Uh, there was this uh, really nice opportunity for Roman Yossi. Um, Spencer Knight came out to clear a puck, cleared it, didn't clear it as well as he wanted to. Yossi had a really nice shot at a wide open net and he went just wide, which is unfortunate because that would have tied the game and the game probably would have ended in a tie would be my guess based on how things were going. But instead, um, he missed the shot uh, toward the end of the period. They pulled UC Soros. And of course, the Panthers added on a quick two empty net goals to make it a 4-1 finish and uh, didn't get the job done. And we were treated to a very, very short session with John Hines afterwards. Yeah, I meant to pull the video on that. I didn't get that, but it's not really much to watch because you know John Hines is, is upset when his answers are very yeah. short and repetitive. It's almost like he goes yeah. in there with like, I'm going to say this one sentence like four times in four different ways, and that's yep. what happened. So he just like we didn't have it tonight. We didn't play our game, and uh, it, that's that's basically what we, we didn't skate, pass, huh, average. Yeah, he called us. Then they're average. You don't win when you're average. So yeah, um, lots of it, yeah, lots of incidents in that game. I mean, lots lots of yeah, the, the Hornfist on Duchesne, um, which I'm guessing I, I didn't hear anything. So I guess DOPS is not calling Hornfist, but I would imagine they're going to be calling Evgeny Malkin. <clears throat> sometime tomorrow because of what happened on Sunday. So, all right. Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, any, <clears throat> any Predators fan who's been around since at least 2017 does not like the Penguins and at least knows the history of the rivalry there. Sidney Crosby uh, with all the stuff on PK Subban, Evgeny Malkin uh, with, he's had a number of incidents against Predators, not necessarily from that playoff series, but other things. He's a pretty dirty player. Patrick Hornquist, uh, the Swedish Civil War that happened in game four or five, whatever that was. Um, uh, five, I think it was. So, uh, anyways, there's a lot of history. And um, then the, the Predators go with David Riddick in goal, uh, which, you know, I think they needed to. UC Saros had a non-COVID illness. So, I think it's probably just rest. I mean, he maybe, he, maybe he's ill. I, I, I would assume that they didn't lie about it. I think he's probably ill. I don't know how ill he really is, but he needed rest anyway. So David Riddick gets the start. And I thought played pretty well. I mean, like considering the scenario, like, I mean, going into Pittsburgh against a team that needed a win, like he played fine. Crosby goal happens early, early deficit for the Predators. And then Matthew Shane has a really filthy goal to tie it up and get the Preds back in it. Really long pass by Granlin to, to set it up. Duchesne finishes really nicely on uh, Casey DeSmith. It was really, really physical play at both ends. But then, and I'm going to show the video on this. Uh, at the end of the second period, Evgeny Malkin and Mark Borowiecki are going at it. And then this is kind of the play that set up everything else that happened and everything else that will happen over the next day or so. So here you go. It's just at the end of the second period. Borowiecki shaking up on his way to the Nashville bench. Yeah, he's, he's bleeding like you read about, too. 
He took that right in the right in the mouth, right there. And it was the finger fingers and the end of the stick there as uh, Borvietsky and, and Malkin get, Malkin gives him a big whack in the pants right there. Borvietsky goes to push him back, but before he can do so, he takes it right in the mush and his face is bleeding. So as you can see, Sean is demonstrating uh, what, what happened there with the stick. Uh, yeah, anybody who has held a hockey stick knows how how, how hard they are. I mean, they're originally they're pieces of wood, now they're composite, but uh, there's no denying what happened. I mean, Evgeny Malkin <laughs> cross-checked Mark Borowiecki in the face. Yeah. I mean, was, there, uh... was, there was an incident many, many years ago. Many people, some people remember this, but Donald Brashear, uh, um, where in, that involved a player getting uh, charged with assault. Uh, mm. um, now I'm blanking on the incident itself. But it, regardless, um, th there's, been, there's been cases of players getting charged with assault for this kind of thing. I don't think that happens here. But that's what happened. Evgeny Malkin took a weapon in his hands and attacked a player in the face with his stick. And right I, in front of the official. Um, and he got a double minor for high sticking. I mean, it was a cross check. I don't know why you call it high sticking. Whatever. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I, I think I think they called it that so they could get the double minor for the blood draw, I guess, is why they did that. Yes. Um, but it doesn't make any sense that they didn't call it a major because, like, it, I mean, there's so many plays you can pull from that where where it's but that kind of thing has been called a major penalty, and which would have meant um, Evgeny Malkin would have been kicked out of the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, Boro also got a slashing penalty, which I think he did before the play. It wasn't there, but it was right before. So, anyways, it was um, Borbietsky. Did he miss the rest of the game? I'm pretty sure he missed the yeah. rest of the game. Yeah, he was out. So he's injured, uh, as you obviously are. Uh, and if you if you knock Borbietsky out with a face injury and he mm. doesn't come back in the game, that you really did something because that dude just like he hardly misses a shift for that kind of stuff. I mean, he, he he's been known to like go inside, get a stitch, and then come back out. Like he's the the prototypical hockey uh, grit guy when it comes to those kind of injuries. Not like you know real injuries, but just serious like face injuries. He's just like I'm just gonna yeah. go back out. Um, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have any teeth in his, in his head. Um, not in the front, <laughs> right? Not so in the front. It was really interesting uh, hearing the reaction by the TNT crew afterwards because they were all in on this being a major penalty. They were yeah. all about talking about suspension. I think there's been a lot of numbers flying around. I think it could be. I mean, I don't see how it could be any more, any less than two. It could be more like three or four or five. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about all that? I, you know, here's the thing. What what kind of throws me off on this one is, you know, this is at the whistle. It's like there's there's no play going on to pay attention to. So if there's, you know, once that play's dead, once the puck's not moving, once it's not at play, you know, you're focused on getting people off the ice. But you always notice at the end of the period, the first thing that the officials do is try to keep everybody separate. Um, try to make sure everybody's going off to their respective locker rooms. And so they're going to see this. You know, it's it's not like they didn't see it. It's not like they were looking at something else. The play was done. It was over. Guys were skating off. Then this happens in plain view. And I think what's surprising to me is he does that retaliatory slash, which I think, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. And Borvievsky doesn't even think anything else is going to happen. He's like, okay, yeah, you slashed my stick. Big deal. And then he comes in with that. Oh, man. 
I just, you know, I put that stick up to my face for a reason. I mean, I wasn't just demonstrating, but you know, I've never been hit with a hockey stick. I don't want to get hit with a hockey stick anyway, mm-hmm. but you putting that up to your face, like that, especially the area where it hit you know, right under his nose in this upper, upper jaw area and into the, uh, the cartilage of your nose. I mean, goodness gracious, just holding it up there, realizing how badly that had to have hurt and how much pain he must have been in. I mean, that's it's crazy to me that somehow the people who saw it and had open access to review are sitting there not really considering this a major. And you go, like you said, you go to the TNT crew and they're they're just all like, I like this literally makes people- no sense. Did you see people saying it wasn't a major? Because I actually really didn't see that. I saw most most of everything on, on my Twitter feed was um, that's definitely a major. I, I really yeah. didn't see much. Yeah. Okay. They, they were all saying like even on TNT they were like, I mean, you could have called that a major regardless. No, I'm, what I'm saying, are- I'm sorry. What I'm saying is, did you see anyone saying that it shouldn't be a major? That it was no. a correct call? No, I don't. I didn't but, see right, anyone doing it. Yeah, I didn't either. So I mean, I, 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 it's pretty unanimous. Like, there's probably gonna be some Penguins fans that are like, "Shouldn't even have been a penalty." <laughs> but, <laughs> it, clearly, it was a penalty. And uh, I, I think, I, mean, I think even a, a great deal of Penguins fans would be like, "Yeah, that was bad." So, yeah. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to <clears throat> close the loop from earlier. It was oh. Donald Brashear was the victim in that play earlier. It was back. It was this is 22 years ago, back in 2000. Marty McSorley was the player that hit him with the stick. He did get charged with assault, and he got found guilty. He only got probation, though. He didn't go to jail. Uh, League forever. Um, That's not going to happen here with Evgeny Malkin. They're not going to ban Evgeny Malkin from the league, and I don't think that they should based on that. I think he should definitely get a suspension. Uh, Malkin has been suspended one time before for a for swinging the stick at any guesses. Um. It's not surely a not player. surely not Mark Borowiecki. <laughs> That'd be funny. Michael Raffle. Okay. In, uh, against the against the the Flyers, of course. Um, so he got yeah he got suspended for a game. So he ha- does have one game suspension. So you know the uh, Department of Player Safety takes into a, takes a lot of things into consideration when it comes to suspending players. Obviously, the incident like was there intent that th- there was no doubt there was intent to do what he did. Uh, was the player injured? Yes. Borbietsky missed the rest of the game. Was there a penalty called? Yes. A double min, uh, a double minor. Probably should have been a major. Does Evgeny Malkin have a history with suspensions? Yes, he's been suspended once before. I, given all that, I can't see anything less than three games. I really can't. If it was, if it was two, I think that's a. a, a, a Travesty. Grievance by the Predators because I think it's three at minimum, probably more like four or five. I think, you know, I think the reality behind this, and I, I this is where you're, you're very certain of this, and that tells me that when you're very certain of the Department of Player Safety doing something, that it's probably not going to happen. And that, <laughs> well, I, I've watched so many of those Department of Player Safeties, and they're very consistent with one thing, and that is the 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 four things that they're going to look at intent was there an injury mm-hmm. was there a penalty and is there history with the player it's a check on all four like that's yeah. all four are checked all four um boxes are checked there yeah i know and, and you're right i just there are some other factors at play in this specific decision that make me feel like it's going to have a different outcome 
I mean, I think the bigger thing, okay, uh, I will say this. There, the, what, obviously, Department of Player Safety is pretty inconsistent on having hearings. Um, I would be, I mean, I would actually say there's probably more of a chance that they just don't have a hearing at all than he has a hearing and doesn't get suspended at least three games. If, if you understand what I'm saying, I, I'm not saying yeah. he shouldn't have a hearing. What I'm saying is if he has a hearing, I think he gets minimum three games. If he, okay. But there's a chance that they don't even have a hearing, that they just skip it because they do that from time to time. There was a hit on Cali Yonkroak, if I remember correctly. It was before, during the President's Trophy run back in like 2018. Yeah. Uh, he got injured bad on a really dangerous hit from behind. Um, I think yeah. it was against Vancouver. And never, not even a hearing. It was a penalty. It was a, it was a really dangerous play, concussion thing. Um, Cali Yarnkirk was not the same player the rest of that year. And no. uh, that, not even a hearing, like nothing. No, 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 no. call or anything. But I think, I, think, I think it was they called that a major, didn't they, when it happened? And I think some of the reasoning was, well – they felt like the right punishment right. was, was given on the ice. And I think where, you know, I Maybe want to right. say this is going to be different is that, I mean, they gave him a double minor, you know, a, a double minor. And so if, if you look at maybe this other, this other fifth factor here is, you know, was proper justice yeah. merited or meted out on the ice, they'd probably be willing to say no you know, that it yeah. wasn't because this was a double minor. Now, unless they've just decided that brutally attacking someone in the face with a cross check is just a minor incident, then I guess let's that's fine. But yeah. Yeah. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. Just to, just to put a wrap on it so we could just really, yeah. I, 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 let me th- let me say one thing about what he actually did. Keep in mind that cross checking by the book, cross checking is when you hit someone with your stick and you have two hands on the stick, which You'll see in the video, that's what happens. So I don't understand the high-sticking call, but... Vietsky shaking up on his way to the Nashville bench. Yeah, he's, he's bleeding like you read about, too. He took that right in the fi- right in the mouth, right there. And it was the finger, fingers and the end of the stick there as Borvietsky uh, and, and Malkin, get, Malkin gives him a big whack in the pants right there. Borvietsky goes to push him back, but before he can do so... He takes it right in the mush, and his face is bleeding. I'm not sure why Darren Ping is talking about fingers on the end of the stick. Maybe he, he didn't watch the replay enough. But, uh, oh, I, I should – let me back up a second, because there's actually a fifth thing that DOPS talks about, and that is, is it a hockey play? Mm. No, that was not a hockey play. It wasn't in the – it was after the whistle. Like, no, that's not a hockey play. I mean, like – so, yeah, the there's players five. headed to the locker room. Yeah, right. So uh, again, uh, look, look, so let's let's finish up that that game really quick. Um, after that, um, Nick Cousins uh, put the Predators ahead um, on a rebound, uh, even though it looked like Tanner Janot had scored just a second before. But the Predators go up two to one. But then later in the third period, Jason Zucker has an open shot in the slot and beats David Riddick, and it's tied two to two. And the Predators get to overtime, which is very, very crucial. That is the difference between a four-point week and a five-point week, as we talked about earlier. I think the Predators had like one good chance. I, I, if I remember, Forsberg maybe had a chance uh, on like a half breakaway that got broken up. Yeah. Um, uh, but then after that, the Sidney Crosby wins it. Um, a bunch of stuff happened. I don't even remember. It was just, there was there was a crazy save, and then there was like. 
passes and stuff, and then Crosby was right there, and he had the goal. So I, I don't remember much about it. But it was his 1,400th point, and they all went crazy because they love Sidney Crosby, and it was really good. So. Whatever. Cool. <laughs> so um, I know we spent a lot of time on that game, but, it, it, you know, it, having just happened and, like, the, the sort of – the level of, of impact that I think that will have over the next, because th- think about it, there's like 10 games left and there's, I, I guess the penguins are probably 10 or 11, maybe, maybe they have 10 games left too. If, if Malkin gets suspended for a significant amount of time, let me get my focus back here. I don't know what happened to my oh. focus. Um, the penguins are without one of their best players for half of their final stretch. And they're not, they're, they're, they're falling down the standings. So pretty yeah. significant for the league overall and, and two i think <laughs> um i think they i think they only have eight games left i want to oh, say they, they said this was yeah. game 74 you're right so you're it's, right. it's not even yeah. 10 i mean you're talking about eight <laughs> critical games so yeah yeah that could be a factor in how they dish out this punishment maybe it gets four games because they're like you're gonna miss half of your remaining team's games maybe yeah. that's how they deal with it they do stuff like that sometimes okay let's move on um we do want to talk about figuring the playoffs and the remaining games. I want to break down the Predators' final stretch of the regular season, uh, which could decide a lot of things. You know, this is this is a really big final stretch. We're going to break down the schedule. Before we do that, we got to talk about HelloFresh. All right, so I got my box on Saturday. HelloFresh. We got three great meals coming up: some pork chops in there, some chicken, and a nice tasty uh, bowl, like a Mexican bowl kind of thing. Um, we like to mix it up, get, get a bunch of different things. We've been using HelloFresh in my house for, I, I think, four years now, three or four years. It's been a long run for us. We love it. It's changed the way we eat. It's changed the way we do dinner every week. We eat meals together every week. And we eat healthier and we eat timelier, if that makes any sense. Because it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-proportioned, so you're not overbuying and wasting food, it's never easier to get filling meals on the table in a snap. They've got family-friendly and quick and easy options. HelloFresh's chefs know how to diversify the menu, seasonal recipes all the time. Pick your favorites, 50 different weekly options. You can skip weeks when you need to, change your delivery date. All those logistical things are really easy to do in the HelloFresh app. To do it and to try it, go to HelloFresh.com slash Preds16 and use the code Preds16 when you check out to get up to 16 free meals. And you'll even get free gifts. One of the free gifts we got this week was a can of 7-Up that is, I forget what it's called, but it's like uh, like, sh- like a different kind of sugar or something. I should have looked at the can. I didn't drink it. <laughs> I'm sure it was good. But it was like a different kind of, anyways, it was just a free can of 7-Up in there. It was like a different kind of mm. recipe of 7-Up. I don't know. But free, totally free. They just threw it in there. So you get free gifts all the time. Check it out, HelloFresh. Uh, definitely have to check it out. We, I, we, we love it, and um, you will not be disappointed. 16 free meals. You're going to get 16 free meals out of this. Go ahead and try it. Hmm. You, know, you right. know what I got, Alex? What'd you get? I got to go to the grocery store like a chump. That's what I got to do. Well, we still do that because we got to get like breakfast and lunch and stuff. But, <laughs> hey, you know what? Try HelloFresh. See if you uh, might you might not have to get any dinner meals when you go to the grocery store. You can just get mm. like your breakfast and lunch stuff, and that's it. Mm, mm. Okay, so Sean, the Predators hold the first wild card spot. After all of that, they're still in the same place they were last week. It's a little tighter though. Vegas and Dallas are still hunting. 
Dallas Ooh. is playing right now in Chicago. Should we check the score? Should we see? Yeah. Last, last I saw it was tied. Oh. Oh, the Stars have a five to three lead. Against who? The Blackhawks. Oh, they're terrible. They're not going to beat them. So oh. it's a home game for Chicago. Uh, the Stars are, well, they're rolling. They got five goals in this. It's only second period. So the oh, Stars, even if the Stars win tonight, the Predators will still be in the first place wild card spot. They have 87 points. Dallas would be at 86. Tuesday, though, the Predators take on the San Jose Sharks, and then that begins a really important stretch of games. So here's what I did. I went and looked at the Predators' final 10 games, and um, there are seven of them. So the Predators have 10 final games, and most of them are home games. The good news is they play a lot of games at home, including I think they have five straight home games coming up. Mm. Okay. They have a five-game home stretch. This is very important. Of the ten home games, any guess as to how many of those games are against playoff teams? Like, by playoff teams, I mean teams that are either in a position right now to be in the playoffs, or like they'll they'll likely be in. They're either really close or they're definitely in. How out many of, of those ten? 10 out of the ten games remaining, how many do the Preds play that are against legitimate playoff teams? Five. Seven. Oh, man. They have seven games against playoff teams. Here they are. Oilers, Blues, Flames. Those are really good teams. Those are all playoff teams. Yeah. At Tampa Bay Lightning, not only a playoff team, but the defending champs. Uh, Wild, Flames again. And then at Colorado. <laughs> This is a very hard stretch for the Predators. Seven of their ten are against playoff teams. The other three against non-playoff teams, Sharks on Tuesday, Blackhawks coming up this weekend, and then Coyotes, Arizona. Okay. This is a very hard stretch. I, I don't see any way that the Predators come out of this with, like, you know, 20 points out of 20. Like, they're, they're going to lose some of these games. There's just no way. Yeah. I'm sure you're right. So, I, I think where I'm concerned, how do I say this? I'm concerned because John Hines made the comment in, in the availability after the, uh, the Panthers game um, that you can't win and be average. And, and we've yeah. looked at, we've looked at the past couple of weeks where we've, we've said the same thing. We've said, this is a big week for the Preds. How they do this week is going to have a lot to do with how the rest of the season goes. And I think we've said this for like three weeks in a row. Now, the problem yeah. is what we said every time is if they overperform, it settles a lot of questions. If they underperform, it settles a lot of questions. But if they stay right in the middle, they stay in limbo. And so, you know, you're looking at being in the first wild card spot, one point out of the second wild card spot. And you've got some pretty stiff competition coming up. And, and realistically, we also said that the Predators are a team that steps up in games against uh, the teams that are headed for the playoffs. So, you know, really does this kind of play into our favor? Um, if we're looking for, you know, getting a lot of points, then maybe it does. But um, I think I think what frightens me a little bit, and I don't, I don't want to use the word frightened really, but I think what, what's a little bit alarming I guess that's a better way to say it is yeah. that, you know, when we say the Preds have done well against, you know, like say playoff bound teams, um, haven't done so well against some of these playoff bound teams. 
if that makes yeah. sense. So it's it's not just that it's playoff teams. It's these specific playoff teams. Right. I'm going to tell you, you know, the Wild are going to be looking for a punch fest after the last game. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Flames are no joke, I mean, whatsoever. And then you've got Colorado in there. Give me a break, man. It's going to be a tough got- stretch. If you if you play it right though, may, it's possible that Colorado game isn't important, right? I right. think the Colorado game comes. Let, hang on, let me just check and see when that actually is. It's the second to last game. So Colorado is the second to last game. If you play it right, you could enter that Colorado game, and they have a back to back to finish the season. So it's at Colorado, and then they come home for Arizona. I'm sorry, at Colorado, at Arizona. Hmm. You could be in a situation where you've already locked up a spot. And True. then you can kind of maybe not worry too much about Colorado or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you play loose against Colorado because you know, you have that Arizona game to play with too. That's probably more yeah. dangerous to think like that. But um, at, at least what I, I guess my point is at least the Colorado game is at the end of the season, unless they're in a position where they need two points in Colorado, in which case that's Ooh. not going to be good. No, it's not. And I, so, and I think, it goes back to the average thing, doesn't it? I mean, they've been performing in an average way. It's not not necessarily on the ice, but in the results that they've been looking for. It's been an average. It hasn't been high. Yeah. It hasn't been low. It's just enough to keep them right there in the middle. When you stay right there in the middle, you're putting yourself in a position where every game becomes a very important game. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, um, th- they've been in that position before. I mean, there was, there yeah. was the, the, the 2017 year. The, mm-hmm. the 2016, 2016 year when they went had to go out west to play the Sharks yeah. and the Ducks. The Ducks oh, last season the was like that. You know, last season, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, there's been a lot of a lot of position. They've been in a lot of positions in the past where they didn't. Here's the difference. They've been in a lot of positions in the past where they didn't really know what their team was like. Yeah. I feel like they know pretty much what their team is like. They they know who they are. Like they know oh, yeah. exactly who they are and they have really good lines. I mean, they have mm-hmm. really good lines, really good position players at very important positions. It's very weird for them to be kind of close to the out, uh, close to being out of the playoffs. Like it's, it's very strange because I feel like this is one of the better teams we've seen them like uh, in their existence. Like they look so good at so many places. How yeah. are they not, dominate how are they not like in a top three spot at least it's weird <laughs> I, you just the problem is everybody's uh surging at the same time right i mean mm-hmm. i mean colorado's what have they have they won all of their games is that is that right yeah they're, they're undefeated they haven't lost a single they're game. undefeated this season that's what it seems like it when you when you look yeah. at the standings like the predators have what'd you say 80 how many points 80 87 87, I think the Avalanche have like 300. I don't know how it's even possible, but yeah, um, the, the distance between those two is so big. You're like, what are they? And you know what? Extra games? Like, we talked about this on Saturday. Man, the Florida Panthers look really good too. I mean, the Florida yeah. is like this kind of strange copy, carbon copy of Colorado and yeah. of uh, Carolina. They, yeah. they play a very similar style. They've got incredible forward talent and they've got, they're mm-hmm. deep. They've got active for uh, active defensemen. They've got a really mm-hmm. solid goalie in Spencer Knight. Like, I mean, that team, holy crap! I, I, that yeah. that that team could come out of the East easily. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other team in the East other than Tampa that could topple the Florida Panthers. Honestly, not Pittsburgh. I mean, 
No. Pittsburgh, no way. Boston, no way. Washington, I no. Think Toronto, no way. Those teams would mow them down. Yeah. Just Florida would beat every one of those teams. Yeah. Tampa, four, Florida, Eastern Conference Final right there. Yeah. Four, four, to, four games to nothing all the way there. Actually, I Just, don't know that they – could they be the Eastern Conference Final? They're in the same division. I forget how it works. Yeah, you know, I I just turned the TV on. They probably the they they have. I think it would have to be the semifinal. But anyways, okay. Um, either way. Uh, so uh, right now the Predators. I looked it up on Money Puck right before we started. Money Puck is the place to go for for playoff odds. I really like the way they calculate all that stuff, and it, they update it very frequently. Ninety point seven percent chance of making the playoffs. The Predators have. Goes down to 87 if they lose their next game in regulation. That's probably because the next game in regulation is against the lowly San Jose Sharks. Mm. So it doesn't do much. You know, losing to them in regulation would be bad, but it's not like if they lost to the Stars, for example, that would be much worse. Um, So 90% chance. I mean, still really good. Those are really good odds. You take those odds to 10 games left. Um, Just considering how good this team really seems to be at times, it's kind of mind-numbing. That, it, that they've that they've gotten this far and like are still only a ninety percent chance. Um, so th- let's go ahead and break down this week. Tuesday versus San Jose, all four home games. This is crazy. Four home games this week. A lot of action in downtown Nashville. Busy weekend or busy week for Bridgestone Arena. Tuesday versus San Jose. Thursday versus Edmonton. The Oilers come into town. Then they have a matinee game Saturday versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Twelve thirty. Mm. Mm. And then Sunday, the St. Louis Blues. Man, that's a big week. But you know, you know what? Let's 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 say this. You know, look, the Sharks. Let's just say they figure out how to play against a, a you know a dead in the water team and and just maul them. Just just rain down goals upon them with with you know just relentlessly. And, and let's say, you know, Edmonton seems to have had the Preds number for, for a while, um, you know, coming into Bridgestone and just lighting them up. And, and maybe it's like, you know what, we've had enough of this crap. You know, yeah, you guys are fast, but can you dodge these punches? Maybe not. And that slows them down, and they get the win there. I'm, I'm being positive. Then Chicago comes in, and it's like any other punching bag. You just want to punch it until the stuffing comes out of it. Um, well, I mean, maybe most people do. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I've got a lot of pent up rage. I don't think um, I've punched but, anything in my life, so I'm I'm, I'm not. Oh, Alex, you're missing out. Oh man, I, just. <laughs> I think I don't, I'm honestly I'm serious. I don't think I've punched anything in ever in my life. I got in one fight in middle school, and I believe that I just pushed the guy. I don't think I punched. Oh man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. You're gonna get you hitting some stuff. Well, I, I didn't did. see you in a fight. You just need to punch something. This is this punch is me something. in a fight. Punch something. It'll be fun. Um, but, uh, you know, just think, it's it's Chicago. You want to beat up on them as, as much as possible, it, it, given any opportunity. Just go yeah. take care of business. And then St. Louis, they're, they're seeming pretty punchable these days, right? Just wear them out. I don't know. Just <laughs> play to your identity and just drop so the gloves you, until they give up. Are you calling an eight out of eight this week? Eight points out of eight? Nope. I'm just saying they should hit somebody. Okay. It's like Mike so, Tyson said. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? Yeah. So that's you know, very true. You come in to come into Bridgestone, and you know, you here's what we're going to do, and we're not going to get engaged in the rough stuff, and then just punch people and see what happens. Yeah, just an idea. 
I think that is the Predators' identity now. They lead the league in fights, and it, they're not stopping. They are yeah. not, they're not even close yes. to closing that door. That that's not a fluke. That is like on the wall. It, it, like it, go go fight somebody today. So it's it's really bizarre that it's kind of like sometimes works. Now it doesn't always work. I mean, Luke Cunning got the instigator in penalty, like you talked about. They've had some of those in, in the past. That those don't lead. Those don't go well. That's not a good idea. Um, you got to pick it. You got to really know how to engage it. But I do think that overall, it's actually probably been a, a benefit to them rather than a curse because the there have been a lot of retaliation. There's been a lot of retaliation yeah. by opposing teams that mm-hmm. has worked in the Preds' favor. Uh, they've yeah. gotten under their skin. Nick Cousins is good at that. Of course, Janot Ooh, is good so at good. that. Sissons, even Forsberg can do that. You know, Borvietsky, obviously, Ekholm. I mean, these are it's a, this team is full of sandpaper full of, of guys that just know how to bother the other team and to get them pissed off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's good. And I think you've seen the Predators be a team in the past that can get taken advantage, advantage of emotionally and where they get thrown off their game. But now that their game is to, uh, you know, chuck knuckles, if you will, um, yeah. that doesn't seem to happen to them as much. And so, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not sitting here – advocating that we should just have fights all night long. That's that's not what I mean. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if it happens, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, that's no good, as long <laughs> as the winds are coming. <laughs> Perfect. All right. That's going to finish out our show. We really didn't talk about Yossi much, but ultimately I'll just finish off by saying uh, he, he needs to get points. I mean, if he, he's sitting at 87 right now, and uh, he needs to get points in order to, uh, to, to stay in that pace. I think he still probably is winning the Norris. Yeah. But he does need to get some more points. He can't. He can't go O for the rest of the way, which I don't think he will. I think he'll. he'll when did you say? When did you say it was the last time that a defender got 100 points in a season? I think it's 92. I think it was Brian Leach in 91 or 92. That, that, what were you doing in 92? That was a long time ago. Um, I was really big into Aerosmith back then. Yeah, were you living on the edge, Alex? <laughs> I was reading RL. I was reading RL Stein books, and I was yeah. uh, Goosebumps. You know, I was reading some Goosebumps. Yeah, I was Sweet. listening to Aerosmith. Heck yeah, you were big into Star Wars. So I'm still I'm big into Star Wars, but I was big into Star Wars then because I think around then is when they released the digital update versions. Uh, I got the VHS of those. I was wearing those out. Oh, um, what else was I doing? I wasn't playing hockey. I didn't even know what hockey was. I was eight years old. No, I that's. Watch a baseball, baseball, man. Yeah, I don't know the exact year, but I'm pretty sure I was listening to The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Very different vibe from what I was doing. I I mean, it probably was. I was was living on the edge, too. But but you you wouldn't have been eight years old then. No, no. (laughs) I would have been 13. Okay. A little older. A little bit more rebellious. Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, you know, I like with my straight A's, you know, listening to the Chronic and, you know, being a nerd by myself in my I room. It's pretty awesome. I don't, I don't. Maybe I wasn't into Aerosmith yet. I know I was into Weird Al though, for sure. Who, who wasn't Al. into Weird Al? Who were you a close personal friend of Al? Were you a member of the Weird Al I, fan club? I, like I, I was not, but I, I, I definitely uh, listened to a lot of Weird Al. Let's go ahead and wrap this up before I make even more of a fool of myself. <laughs> So uh, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z sports You can also go to on the forecheck 
Geekdom.com as well. And check out uh, Sean and everything there. They get, they do a great job. Always good stuff from those folks. Please follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCSOTF. And we will see everyone next week. Goodbye, everybody.